Yes, my soul finds rest in the presence of the Lord. And my heart finds strength in the words you swore. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, sing that again. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Your name is a light the shadows can't deny, and your name cannot be overcome. For your name is a light and forever lifted high, your name cannot be overcome. We sing Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, oh Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus.
my soul finds rest in the presence of the Lord, and my heart finds strength in the words you swore. It's my soul finds rest in the presence of my Lord, and my heart is strengthened by the words you swore. It's my soul finds rest in the presence of my Lord, and my heart finds strength in the words you swore. Jesus, you are greater than any virus. You are greater than anything that can come against your people. And so, Father, we thank you today living word. And Lord God, we thank you that we can put our confidence in your word that is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So Lord God, we expect to receive from your living word in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to Malachi, chapter 3. We haven't read this scripture for a while, but it would be a good time to do that. I'm going to start with verse 6. Malachi, chapter 3, verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. That means if he was a healer 2,000 years ago, he's a healer today. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. That's good news. Amen. O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, where shall we return? Will a man rob God? But yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. God never does anything just to do it. There's always a purpose behind what he does and what he expects or encourages us to do. And very simply, for tithing, there's a threefold purpose. Number one, it keeps our hearts knit to the things of God. It gives him an opportunity to work more effectively in our lives. Number two, he wants to bless his people. And he says, if you do these things, I will open the windows of heaven and I will bless you and I will cause the devourer to be rebuked. Not just today in the day of tragedy, but every day of our lives. And number three, 
He wants... He wants to bless this nation. He wants to bless where we are. And of all times in our lives, we should recognize right now that what we do or what we don't do affects the people around us. You know, they talk about community spread, and they're afraid of community spread of the virus. But, you know, we can have spiritual spread. That's a good thing. We want spiritual spread. Bread. And so what you do when you tithe, the windows of heaven are open to pour out a blessing, not just on you, but to those that you can spread it to. God wants you blessed to be a blessing. So of, and another purpose for the, the tithe is to, to bless the body. It takes money to turn the lights on. It takes money to get the gospel to people. So we just encourage you, by all means, don't get lax in your tithes and offerings. You can, we'll receive them today. You can send them by mail. You can bring them out. You can do it online. If you go to Harvest Church, our website, there's a place you can donate online. But the real thing here is, we need to realize that God wants to bless us and he wants to bless those around us. We don't want the community spread of sickness, of fear, but we do want the community spread of good things. We want faith and hope and compassion to be, a, to be, to bound. And there, we need to realize that we're in a battle. There's a spiritual battle going on and there's a battle in the natural. That, is always going on. There's always a spiritual battle, but just right now, Satan's on a binger, okay? And he's all out battle, but so there are things we do in the spiritual realm, but where there are also things we do in the natural realm. And I want to take a few minutes in the spiritual realm. By all means, you need to take time to build yourself up in your most holy faith. Now's the time to Get strong and be strong. If you haven't been, if you are strong, get stronger. You need to pray. You need to read. You need to meditate the word of God. You need to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Now is the time to get to work at getting spiritually strong. Take time. We all have time. Turn off the TV. Turn off the technology and take some extra time to be with God. These things are the priority. And then in the natural, there's things that you can do. You know, I hear so many parents, they have kids. They're so distraught to have the kids at home with them. This should be a wonderful time. This should be a great time. This should be a fun time. You don't have to get legalistic and stoic and weird. Just have some fun together. And here again, I encourage you to turn off the technology. The kids need you more than they need the Internet. Spend time with them. Be creative. And you can give them Sunday school lessons. You can give them lessons out of the Bible. You can read them stories. But it would be better coming from you than it would be some online source. Not that you can't use that, but... Spend time with the kids. Make it fun. You don't have to be legalistic. Be creative. Have fun. Don't be religious and legalistic. Make it enjoyable. Physically, there are things you can do. 
get fresh air and exercise. There's no need that you have to stay locked up in, in one little room in your house. Get out. The sun and the fresh air is good for you. And the other thing I've noticed at the grocery stores, all the, the fruit cocktail and canned stuff is gone, but all the good, really healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables are just piled up. Eat healthy. Use your head. The word says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound, well-disciplined mind. So discipline your mind and don't think irrational things. Think logically and rationally. So those are some things you need to be doing physically, spiritually. You can also, and this is important, reach out to other people. Make sure that your elderly neighbors have what they need and you can reach out to others i've been reaching out to to relatives online and visiting with them i have some that are alone take time to chat with them a little bit do those things some other things you can do was earlier this week i went to the orphan grain train to see if they needed anything and at that time they didn't and then the other day uh doug from the orphan drain grain train called and said they did need some help So the schools are giving out sack lunches to children 18 and under. So Orphan Grain Train is going to start giving out sack lunches to people 19 and over that have a need. And I know that Hot Meals from Carney that we had here, he has given out 2,800 meals in four days in Carney. And you think, well, how much need is there? Well, like Caleb said, Carney has a lot of stranded, get stranded travelers. That's one thing. You have a lot of older people that are pretty much housebound. So the community has been getting food from hot meals and, and taking it to those people and those people that have financial needs. So tomorrow at 10 o'clock, Mike and I are going to go to Orphan Grain Train and we're going to help with them. And they could use a few others. Probably not a a whole lot, but if you have time tomorrow at around 10 o'clock, talk to us after the service or on the phone today, and and we'll see what we need. They don't know exactly how much uh, need there's going to be or how much demand, but they'll kind of play it by ear, and we'll let you know, and and we'll go from there. But do those things that you can, can do. The other thing... I went this week to get some supplies for church, and I could tell the lady was distraught. And I started talking to her. I said, are they driving you nuts? And she said, the problem is that people come in, and they're so rude and so offensive. And she says, it's just toilet paper, for goodness sakes. But, you know, there's no, there's no need to be hoarders. There's no need to be rude. There's no need to be offensive. Just consider other people. There are people out there that are distressed. So you need to go, and when you're out, be kind. Be full of faith. Let them see that you're not afraid, that we're going to make, make it through this. And by all means, have a sense of humor. Don't lose your sense of humor laughter is like a medicine so spend some time and just have fun together get outside do things you're not confined to the house but by all means while you're in the house take time to spend with god it's a wonderful time to spend with god so we just encourage you to do those things we're going to get through this the nation and the world is going to get through this and we will come out better because God will make sure in uh, 
He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. And I believe that's what's going to happen. So stay strong. Keep looking up. Do all the things that you can to do and and be blessed. We'll keep you in touch of all the things that are going on. So be sure and check your emails and stuff this week. If you do have, if you are here and you have tithes and offerings, the ushers are going to receive those now. And like I said, you can just be diligent to turn them in one way or the other. Oh, my soul finds rest in the presence of the Lord. My heart finds strength in the words you swore. Yes, my soul finds rest in the presence of the Lord. And my heart will find strength in the words you swore. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, my soul finds rest in the presence of the Lord. My heart finds strength in the words you swore. My heart finds strength in the words you swore. It's my heart be strengthened by the words you swore. So far, so good. We do not want a donut shortage. Policemen and preachers do not want donut shortages. I was uh, <clears throat> talking to the manager, and he's gotten to know me, and he said he had a woman. It was late at night. It was closing time, and she said to him, Surely, are you about done working? And he said, Yes, I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. And she says, Well, be safe. And he looked at her and he says, well, I don't have an issue like a lot of people, especially these people that are hoarding toilet paper. They're, they're at home hoarding toilet paper. And the woman's eyes got big and she says, well, and off, out of the door she left. She was offended. She was definitely a toilet paper hoarder. <laughs> you know, isn't it interesting when you go through some difficult seasons or persecution or rough times, you, you, the, the true self comes out. Your true character is displayed. Amen. I was uh, reading uh, the Bible this week, and this scripture really hit home, and I want to read it to you. 
And it's in 2 Timothy 4, 2, it says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. The Amplified says it this way, Herald and preach the word, keep your sense of urgency, stand by, be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome. Americans are spoiled. And we need everything to be convenient. Well, we need to learn, no matter what you're going through at the time, you you still got to preach the word. You still need to come together. Amen? Even though we're doing it different today, we're still together as a body. Amen? Now, I want to go on today and We're going to uh, continue our series on the the subject of mercy. But I do want to remind you, the Apostle Paul was, you know, quick to remind the early church of some things. And he said, there's nothing wrong with reminding people. And uh, so I want to give you some of the statements that I heard that that Prophet Hank Kuhneman said in Omaha uh, back in November. And... uh, Chuck Pierce was there. He's a, a, a prophet in, in Dutch Sheets. And I hope you're listening to what the apostles and prophets are saying now in this hour. You need to find uh, a true prophet, a true apostle, and listen to what they're saying. Here's some things. He said, a new era is here. We are transitioning. He said, if we don't understand kingdom, we will be lost in what God does. In this decade, it is a time to come face to face with the Lord. I don't care what decade you're in, what year it is, you need to spend time with God and get in God's presence. He said, things will manifest, Dr. Barclay said this, he said, things will manifest 20 times faster than before, both in the realm of the good and the not so good. 20 times faster. So I just believe every time I speak the word, every time you speak the word, think 20 times faster. When you're speaking to your finances, when you're speaking to your physical body, when you're speaking to your kids and your grandchildren, realize God watches over His Word to perform it. He says this will be a decade of difference because He's given us a kingdom authority for His hands to work on another generation. That's good news. God's not done with us. He's not done with these young ones, and He's certainly not done with the ones that have gray hair. He says, this is another statement that was made. This is an era where the war intensifies. I thought, that's interesting. Has the war intensified? He says, we will be known as warriors that decree change, and it happens. I want to be known as a warrior, a spiritual warrior. I'm not talking about someone out shooting a gun and running a marathon and doing all these things, and that's fine because we need warriors in the natural too. But we can be a spiritual warrior, and you're not going to be a spiritual warrior, and I'm not going to be a spiritual warrior unless you're in the Word, meditating in the Word day and night, unless you're praying in tongues daily. Another statement, you will say it and it will happen. 
Wow. Then uh, Pastor Hank said this, and this is what stirred my heart last fall, late last fall, to spend some time this year. Because if the prophet says we need to promote God's mercy, then we need to promote God's mercy. He says this, the church must, it's imperative, the church must speak God's mercy. We're to promote his mercy and goodness. We're to declare goodness and mercy over President Trump and the White House. We're not to declare the coronavirus. We're to declare the answer, the word of God. So we learn this, and there are some things that you and I as a believer can do that will Help us be on the receiving end. How many of you want to be on the receiving end of God's mercy? Well, there's some things that you can do, and we started a few weeks ago. So this is one of the believer's first responsibility, is you need to exercise mercy. Jeremiah 9, verse 23 and 24, God says, I am the Lord who practices or exercises loving kindness. Loving kindness is another definition for mercy. So does God exercise mercy? Does he display and pour out his mercy? Yes, emphatically. Yes, he does. The second thing is, you and I as believers, we need to love God and keep his commandments. Love God and keep his commandments. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 states, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. So that that tells you that you and I, we need to love God daily. We need to be in the Word daily. We need to be obedient to His Word daily. And if we do those things and exercise mercy, sow mercy to others, then you're going to be blessed with mercy. And I'll tell you what, who needs God's mercy or more of God's mercy? We all do. Now, we're going to go to the third one. And that is, you and I need to declare God's mercy. Say it with me. Declare God's mercy. Say it once more. Declare God's mercy. I'm going to read you some scriptures. You can jot down for the sake of time. You can write the scriptures down. But here's some scriptures about the power of the tongue or speaking the word of God and how God operates. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the what? tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The Message Bible, I like this. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. So you can use this little member of the tongue like a rudder of a ship. You can change the course of your life by the words of your mouth. You believe with your heart and speak it forth. That's how you're born again. Words are important. They're vital. And you can choose to speak words that give life or you can speak words that, that breed death and destruction. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Even God tells us if we have trouble making a decision, he tells us to what? 
Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You know, your words which you speak not only affects your life, it affects your seed, your family. The, the next one, it's your choice daily how you're going to use your tongue. It's your choice daily how you're going to use your tongue. How much, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think people's tongues are talking about right now? What is the world talking about right now? How big God is or how big this coronavirus is? And the sad thing is, there's not just the world, but Christians throughout this nation and the world are, are talking too much about the coronavirus. Instead of talking about how big our covenant-keeping, mercy-giving God is. So I hope today, I hope this week, amen, you use your tongue to exalt the word. You know, there's a lot, Kathy talked about that. There's a lot of, what do they call it, distancing? Social distancing. And Kathy spoke up and she says, there needs to be some spiritual distancing. You as believers, you can't hang around people if it's all gloom and doom, talking sickness and disease, you know, economic depression and whatever, recession. Distance yourself from people that are not speaking the word of faith. Don't hang around them. Love them from a distance. Love them from a distance. Encourage them from a distance. Text them. Call them, whatever, but don't break bread with people that are exalting demonic activity. Don't break bread with people that all that's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You don't have to be a jerk and say something nasty like Abe and I would do. And then regret it later, repent. You just don't need to hang around those people. Because I'll tell you what, I'll guarantee you, all of you have neighbors and friends and relatives right now. That's all they're talking about. Let's use our tongue, this little member, to exalt the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's your choice. The psalmist had a choice in Psalm 66, verse 16. Come and hear all you who fear God and I will declare what he's done for my soul. I will declare, say it, what he's done for my soul. So declare the word of God. Declare the answer. There will always be enough people to declare the problem. You don't need to. Declare the answer. Psalm 119, 172. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. I love this. I've always loved this scripture. This is how God operates. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, 
but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it, unless there's a coronavirus outbreak. No, that's not in the Bible. If God declares and decrees a thing, it's done. Let there be light. And there was light. Isaiah 43, 26, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together, the Father says. State your case that you may be justified. So put God in remembrance of his word. Tell God, Father, you said your mercy is new every day. You said, Lord, your mercies are over all your works. I'm a work. Amen? Put God in remembrance of that. Jeremiah 1.12, I am ready or I am watching to perform my word. Whose word is God going to perform? Your words of doubt and unbelief are your word of what the Bible says, what his word says. Psalm 17, 4 says, by the word of your lips, I love this scripture, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. By the word of what? God's lips. I've kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call upon him in truth. Well, if you're going to call upon God in truth, that means you're calling on God in accordance to his word. And then Hebrews 1, 3 says, upholding all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power. You, you can't separate God's word from power. They go together. If you speak God's word, you're speaking words of power. Words that have anointing upon them. That's why it's so important, and I really believe... Christians throughout this nation, even the world, there's some believers out there that believe God's word's full of power. And they're speaking it, and they're declaring it, and they're decreeing it. And that's what we're talking about this morning. You want to be on the receiving end of God's mercy? Start talking about it. Start speaking it. Start declaring and decreeing a thing, and it'll be established for you. Now, I want to read to you that scripture. It's in Job twenty-two twenty-eight, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. And then we're going to define the word decree. Job 22, verse 28 states, You shall also decide and decree a thing. Say decide. Make a decision that you're going to decree God's word. You shall also decide and decree a thing. Say a thing. And it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Webster says, decree means to make clearly known, state, or announce openly. To make clearly known, or to state, or announce openly. Has there a lot been stated and announced openly concerning this virus? Turn on the TV. Listen to it. Too much. So what should we do? We should do the opposite and start declaring and decreeing the answer, the solution, which is the word of God. Amen? Here's another definition for decree. A course of action authoritatively determined. 
A course of action authoritatively determined. Listen, the Father's declaration of mercy has been authoritatively determined by His covenant and His word. His covenant and His word promises us mercy, goodness, blessing, deliverance, prosperity, and success. Now, that word thing in this scripture, you shall also decide and decree a thing, is the Hebrew word omer, O-M-E-R. And it's similar to the Greek word for rhema, the living word of God. The promises, the sayings, the word, the utterance, and the confessed word are included in the Hebrew word omer. Let me say it again. The promises, the sayings, the word, the utterance, and the confessed word are included in this Hebrew word. We could paraphrase it this way. You will also declare the word of God, the promises of God, the sayings of God, and these things will happen. Let me say it again. You and I will also declare what? The word of God. The promises of God, the sayings of God, and these things will happen. We just heard that it's going to happen 20 times faster. But we as believers, we have a responsibility to declare it and to decree it. What are you declaring? The word of God. You're declaring the answer. You're declaring the promises, the sayings of God. And these things will happen. When you and I declare and decree the word of God, we're speaking what we believe in our heart. How many of you today believe that this this virus thing is going to end soon? How many believe that what the prophets are saying about our economy? It's going to come back even stronger than ever before. Amen? Now, years ago, when we first started... You know, putting money in into our retirement, I was nervous in the service, and I she she could tell you. I mean, you know, the stock market would be up, and I was happy. And the stock market would go down. I'd go to her and I say, "What do you think?" <laughs> and if this had happened, what's going on today? Five years ago, I would really be anxious. But I told her, it's really, no, I don't like to lose money. I don't like to, you know, but I know my God. He's bigger than the coronavirus. He's bigger than any recession. Well, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Well, that's what religion would say. But my God says, he daily loads me with benefits and blessings. Amen. He gives me the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. He gives me the ability to gain wealth to establish his covenant. Listen, if I'm not making money, I can't establish the covenant of God. And God's not going to withhold the money, especially when that money can get through you to other people. So I, it's, it's, look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. When you and I declare and decree the word of God, we are speaking what we believe in our heart. So you need to ask yourself today, what are you believing in your heart? 
If you're concentrating too much on doubt and unbelief and negative aspects of all that's going on around us, then you need to repent. That's strong, isn't it? You need to repent of doubt and unbelief and fear. The power, the, listen, the power is not in our speaking, but it is in the Lord, the Word of God, the message we are speaking. We're just vessels. The word declare or decree means this. It means to decide, predetermine, and declare the outcome of a matter before it comes to pass. Let me say it again. The word declare and decree means this. It means to decide or predetermine and declare the outcome of a matter before it comes to pass. I told you last week, years ago, Copeland used to say, it's my ball, it's my bat, it's my backyard. We play till we win. So you've got to have an attitude. Amen? Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. If your declaration is in line with the word you received from God, you can declare a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine upon your pathway. So make sure what you're speaking is in line with God's word. Speak his word. If you speak in his word, you can't go wrong. If you're declaring and decreeing his word, it's going to come to pass. Weak faith can't declare it unless it sees the outcome first. Weak faith can't declare something unless it sees the outcome first. But strong faith, everyone said, strong faith says it shall be done just as the Lord says. It shall be done just as the Lord says. The other, we were listening, came up on, and Kathy found it on the, on the internet. Something about Copeland was going to bed one night, and the word of the Lord came to him, and God, he got up, wrote it down. Basically, God is saying, this is going to end much quicker than you think. So I believe that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, look at, I'm almost done here. Look at. Second Chronicles, because this is the scripture that Pastor Hank mentioned back in November. <laughs> and I know the scripture, but I, I think it's interesting because we're, we're, we're establishing the fact this morning, if you want to be on the receiving end of God's mercy, then you need to start declaring and decreeing God's mercy. And specifically over certain people and in, in certain institutions. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 11, it says, It came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites who were the singers, and all those of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun and their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. And indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were what? One. 
They were united to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord. What's the next word? If you're following along. Praise the Lord. Saying. Everyone say it. Saying. For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Say it with me. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Once more, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Now, that's, that's God's way of doing it. This is a spiritual formula. Then it says that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud. What kind of cloud? The glory cloud. So, Number one, they, they got an agreement. And number two, they got all their instruments. They started to worship God. And number three, they began to say that he is good. God is good and his mercy endures forever. Then what was the result? The house of God was filled with the cloud, verse 14, so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. If you look in the margin of your Bible and the margin of my Bible, it says they couldn't stand anymore. Now, if you got the glory of God, the anointing of God so strong, something in the natural has to give, and it's not going to be God. You see, many people, you know, began to fall. It's because of the glory cloud. That's good news. But you're, you're not going to have the glory, and we're not going to have the glory. As the, church. the church isn't going to operate in the glory till it begins to declare and decree a thing. Till it begins to declare and decree God's mercy and goodness. Well, I, I just have a hard time doing that. I, I just can't see with all that's going on around us right now any goodness or mercy. Call those things that be not as though they were. Amen? Now, one more scripture. Look in Zechariah. I'll give you a half hour to find it. Zechariah. It's right after Zephaniah, (laughs) which is right after Habakkuk. Zechariah chapter 4. I'll never forget. We were at Cornerstone years and years ago, and Alan Vincent was ministering. And, you know, I had my Bible, and all of a sudden I got a scripture. And it was one of these minor prophets. It's one of the, you know, where you don't read quite regular and, you know, when we were in Bible school, you had to learn the, you know, the Old Testament, the New Testament. You had to have it memorized. And, and so, you know, most people don't know where Zechariah, and it's going to take them a while. I'll never forget, I got the, a scripture. I was sitting there, and Alan Vincent got up, and he says, please turn. And he said, turn to this scripture. So I had a head start. I found it. Zechariah 4, this is where the exiles, Israel, was coming back to rebuild the temple. And it was quite a job because they had a lot of opposition. And the builders were becoming discouraged. And in Zechariah 4, verse 6, it says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my what? Spirit, 
says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Now, that is a prophet with an attitude. Who are you, mountain of coronavirus? You shall become a plain. So, we've learned today, no matter the circumstance, you can use your tongue to bless and to curse, to bring death or to bring, you know, life. You've learned today that you as a believer have a responsibility to declare and decree the solution or the word of the Lord. Pastor Hank said, declare goodness and mercy over President Trump in the White House. He said, promote my mercy and goodness. And it's your responsibility and my responsibility to do just that. So if you want to stand your feet wherever you're at in the building, you don't like some things going on right now, then cop an attitude. Believe with your heart. Declare and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and light shall shine upon your pathway. So I'm going to lead you, and uh, I couldn't bring it, didn't bring it up on the screen, but I'll, I'll lead you because we're going to do that. We're going to declare and decree a thing. Amen? Say, I declare and decree God's mercy and grace over President Trump and the White House, all of his administration. I declare and decree God's mercy and grace over Vice President Pence and the Coronavirus Task Force. I declare and decree God's mercy and grace over Congress, Republicans and Democrats. And the Supreme Court. I declare and decree. God's mercy and grace. Over all health officials. On the federal. State. And local levels. I declare and decree. God's mercy and grace. Over all governors. And mayors. Over state and local governments. I declare and decree God's mercy and grace over the economy, all industry, and small businesses. I declare and decree God's mercy and grace manifested over the 2020 election. I declare and decree God's mercy and grace over all churches and pastors in the United States, I declare and decree God's mercy and grace and God's healing power over all people infected with the coronavirus. I believe it with my heart and I say it with my mouth. It shall be so. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, now you know what you need to do.
If you're here today or if you're hearing, listening on, on the Internet, whatever, quit filming.